Could love our gracious queens Our true outrageous queens Their time has come United Queendom United Queendom is sponsored by Q-Bar who provide the best gay night out in London. Enjoy Q-Bar, Q-Club, Little Q and She-Bar in Soho every night of the week for drinking, dancing and, despite the name, limited queuing. Now let's get on with the show. Fuck diamonds, we've decided instead to try Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Hi, babes. Oh, it was only a matter of time before you gave me a try. <laughs> I know. All my friends have been recommending Crystal, but I've always been putting it up. Um, do you prefer yeah. to be um, called Crystal or Crystal Beth? Oh, my God. Do not call me Crystal Beth. She's dead. She's long dead. When did she die? In the words of Val, ding dong. Um, <laughs> ding dong, the uh, Crystal Beth died. is dead. Yeah, she died before I even filmed Drag Race. Uh, Drag Race was the the opportunity for me to finally kill that bitch. Well, I just assumed, I realised I made an assumption, but you dropped the name because of Drag Race, because I thought it was similar to, like, Alaska Thunderfuck was just known as Alaska on Drag Race because it's, like, a controversial name. So I thought maybe similar to Alaska, you would drop it for the show, but then try and ease it back in. But now I realise that's not the case at all. No, it's not. Um, I I had wanted to get rid of the Beth for a while, but uh, I didn't have the profile to just be a mononymed drag queen because you've got to be kind of well known to pull that off. Um, and which you are basically, now, which I am now. Yeah, I finally. Yeah, I got the chance. But yeah, I called myself Crystal Beth because I wanted to call myself Crystal, and I was like, oh, you can't do drag unless you've got two names. Um, so it was just like a cheap cheap pun really and and it doesn't really say anything about my drag i don't think and i've i've personally never tried crystal meth and it just it was just like a lazy joke about at the expense of people who um do do crystal meth and it's kind of i feel very attacked no i'm joking (laughs) i haven't either (laughs) i'd be a lot slimmer if i had Um, yeah, I thought I thought that's where like all that jaw definition was coming from. Um, <laughs> we'll edit that uh, out. The yeah, so I just was like, I was never like that into it, basically. Um, also, sometimes people would call me Beth when I was in drag, and it just really like killed my fantasy. Oh, it's such a glamorous um, name, Beth. Why would you not want that? <laughs> so, I, like, one of my best friends in the world is called Beth, and so it, this is—it's nothing against the name Beth, but it doesn't say like it doesn't say the drag character that I was trying to to channel. <laughs> no, I agree. So, um, I was going to ask you this later on in the interview, but now we've cropped up and got into names. I wondered what is the difficulty with having like one name, and also you have the added difficulty of there being another crystal. Well. Do not get me started on the other crystal. Uh, <laughs> Fuck diamonds, um, but don't try the other crystal. Just this yeah, crystal. Uh, there is no difficulty in having only one name. Um, or there certainly wasn't until there was another crystal. Um, <laughs> um, the only difficulty with it is like if you're filling in a form and they're like, what's your surname? You have to put crystal crystal. <laughs> is that what you put now? <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like, uh, I don't know, like I'm a Romanian Euro, Eurovision entry from like 95. Crystal, Crystal. <laughs> well, you go, um, you kind of use Crystal, we'll see you now, but that is that just for social media? Yeah. 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 Uh, 
No, so I don't think there's a, like, I guess it makes you slightly harder to search for in Google, but if you just put Crystal Drag Race UK, which is, I guess, what probably people would do, then you can kind of find me. Um, so now we've addressed the and, Crystal in and, the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, um, what, what, so Crystal Method was on season 12 of Drag Race. So at what point did you hear there was going to be another Crystal? Was it in the cast reveal or was had you known before then? Oh, I shit. Think I, knew, I think I knew beforehand. And um, I, I actually don't really care. I think it's funny. Um, I think it's it's probably maybe for the best that I dropped the Beth as well, just for that reason, because yeah. then our names would be really similar. But I guess it would make things easier to differentiate between the two of us. Unfortunately, like, she was incredibly popular on a much larger version of the franchise. So um, <laughs> I just had to, like, watch her star ascend and, um, and uh, you know, congratulate her from afar for doing great things with her name. <laughs> Have you had any contact with her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we chat on Instagram sometimes. and um, Mostly you trolling yeah. her, sending her hate mail, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Change your fucking name, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I last um, saw you at the, I think it was at the Attitude Awards last year. I think we chatted briefly on the red carpet. Oh. And, um, yeah, you seemed to be having, like, obviously an amazing time because it was like <laughs> the show had just come out and you guys were all just, like, soaring. Um, so I wonder what has life been like since Drag Race UK? Um, well, it's been a, it's been a, a, a tale of highs and lows, I guess, because everything was like, everything was off to a soaring start and then, and then a global pandemic hit. So I don't mm. know. Uh, uh, it's been, it's been great. Like the response was great. I had such a fun time in like the first six months after the show came out all of the opportunities that came up were really fab and um yeah it was just like really fun i guess i think well but i like how do i say this ideally you don't go on drag race to like figure out how to become a better drag performer but um in my case that is what happened and so i've really enjoyed like the journey because it's like watching myself on TV, like the opportunities that have been given, they've really challenged me in new ways. I've become a whole other kind of entertainer as a result of the show. So it's been really like, I'm re- I feel really pleased by all of that. Well, I read, um, I read you'd said thanks. something similar to that in another interview. And I thought, I think almost every queen has to a different degree that experience because you've even had queens with like really big profiles like Willem went on and like didn't fully know how to do her makeup and like, Jinx and even like, and like Derek Barry going on and being like the world's biggest Britney Spears impersonator, but not knowing how to do certain makeup things. And like, I think everyone finds an evolution in the show. I don't think anyone, very few people go on as a fully realized version of themselves and don't learn well, anything. I think if you go on fully realized, then you win. Yeah. Like or Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> or, exactly. Or like even in our case with Vivian, like yeah. she walked in and she was fully convinced of her own success and like that kind of confidence is what you need to to win it she she had no there was no doubt in her mind and like that shines through it's amazing um was that similar for the rest of the cast did you all feel like oh she's got this in the bag or did you think it was more of an open thing vivian was my pick from like day one for sure and then as it kind of progressed i realized that actually it's it's more than just like it's more than just 
being a really good drag queen, it's also making really good TV. And that was kind of the thing I didn't really understand before I went on Drag Race. It's like, oh, we're also making a TV show. It's not just like about the competition and doing well in the challenges. But you did make good TV. Yeah, sure. But like, I, I don't think I really, I was like a casual fan of Drag Race. And I don't think I really understood the behind the scenesness of of it all okay when you um, say casual fan how many seasons are we talking let's get specific oh no I've, I'd seen it all but like okay. I hadn't watched I hadn't watched anything twice do you know what I mean okay and like yeah. I and I wasn't I, I would like follow the queens I liked I didn't follow them all I would, wouldn't like read things about the show I wouldn't it was only when I got cast I was like shit 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 and then I started like listening to race chaser to try and get a sense of like what it's all like behind it and um yeah i had no idea what i was really going don't into. don't mention and that so- podcast on this podcast please <laughs> they're our direct competitor no joke <laughs> yeah. um uh so like i was like oh my god bag of chips is gonna go home week one like she's so <laughs> like look at what she's wearing i can't like there's no way and then and then seeing her <laughs> place high and win and stuff i was like oh i think i've got this all wrong well i know i i think a lot of people thought i I think a lot of people didn't realize that the that rupaul and the brand would adapt to the uk i thought they would just try and do the american show in the uk but they did seem to be like okay what is it about british drag and like someone like bag of chips you would think would not do well in the american show but they realized that british drag is a bit different and the you guys as a cast really reflected that so that was kind of refreshing in a way but also there were some bits where it was like this is weird that um, these runways are surviving and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, but I think even the American one has that same thing. It's just like the characters are different, but the the uh, the character is just as important as like actually delivering really great drag. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, so if if you could go back to yourself like a year ago and tell tell yourself with what you know now, what would you do differently on Drag Race? Um, I think I would have just like wish I wish that I had more fun because I was I was so nervous and I was really in my head and, and I wish I just would have like let go a bit, been a bit sillier, like let it all let it all just flow. I don't think I could have really done it differently. Like it was just I was a product of like my experience up until that point. So I don't have any regrets, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think I think I did the best I could with what I had to work with at the time. Um, that said, like, I know now I could do it a lot better. And you were, well, very well received as well. So, I mean, it could have, <laughs> it went well. It was a success still. Um, but obviously you didn't re- reach the final, which I'm sure was your goal. Yeah, exactly. To win. Yeah. I think I realised pretty early on that I wasn't going to make it to the final, but I was hoping to get to, like, I thought, I was like, I think if I play my cards out, maybe I can get to top four. Um, mm. But... You know, didn't go that way. So, in what, how, um, watching yourself on television, how did that change your drag? And, like, in what ways do you feel more evolved now? Well, like, the basics stuff is just like spending more time on looks and makeup and all of that stuff. Like, I've just learned a lot more because I've, it's like a, a forging fire. You just are in drag way more often as a result of being on the show. So, you learn better how to do makeup and things like that. But the, the bigger thing is like, kind of the media side of things and just like having to go on loads of podcasts or film lots Sorry of things. Sorry about or, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, or like just be on new stages and like 
just be being exposed to new scenarios constantly like it's just it just makes me more more confident i like i was terrified to hold a mic and like host before drag race like i very rarely did it and so that's like been a huge change oh i can imagine you being amazing on a mic Um, and i actually really enjoy it now but i was terrified of it before because i didn't think that was a skill that i could do oh now you know you can uh, but I imagine you haven't been holding many mics in lockdown. Um, how has your lockdown been? It's been fine. I mean, I feel fortunate that like I've I've had the opportunities that I have had, and and I've been able to keep working, and I've done some things that I'm proud of. That said, like I was really looking forward to a lot of things this year that did not happen. So, um, hmm. what are the big ones that you missed out on? So I had a show that was going to Edinburgh Fringe. It was like a variety show with um, some of the people that I work with in East London, and we were going to be there for the Is whole. Is this run Mariah and Friends? Yeah. So, but it was going to be called Crystal's Creatures, and it ah, was cool. Yeah, we were in one of the big venues in like a really amazing time slot. It was going to be like one of the big shows at the Fringe this year. So that's that's really sad because you spend um, a lot of time. I, I, won't, I don't know if you'd call it your home bar, but you spend a lot of time in the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, don't you? Yeah. Which is yeah, one of my favourite venues in all of London. I, I, l- I absolutely, absolutely love it. love it there. So that's yeah. going to be one of the first places when we're allowed to properly go places that I want to go back yes, to. We did a really great run of Halloween shows there in that brief window that things were happening again. And it was it was really, really nice. And I think I've appreciated performing a lot more because of the pandemic and because of the break. And and I also think I have created some of like my better stage work as a result because I've had time to like devise things properly and not just throw things together because I'm in a rush. So like there's there's definitely lots of positives out of it all as well. Because you're Um, like an aerial performer as well, aren't you? Well, I used to be. It's been a while now. <laughs> well, because I saw the Drag Race um, UK tour, and I didn't know that you did that. So it was a bit like, it reminded me of, because I'm a big Pink fan, when I'd been a fan for years, and suddenly she started going up in the air. I was like, whoa, you kept that to yourself. Well, and then okay. like, <laughs> and then you're doing it as well. Like, have you ever had anything kind of go wrong with that? or? What show did you see at the Troxy? Yes, it was the in Troxy. London. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had things go wrong because like things go wrong in any performance all the time but nothing like catastrophic or well you're still alive that's the main exactly or i might not still be alive (laughs) but um have you watched god shave the queens i haven't watched it yet because i assume well we're thinking of doing like a recap of it but we haven't found a slot so i think we're gonna like binge before we do a recap is there any tea from Um, it you want to (laughs) spill well just that like the i I managed to do ariel on three of the (laughs) tour nights so half of the shows oh i was lucky and to it, catch you doing it then yeah you were yeah, the highlight it, it, oh thank you i said that um, to vinegar last week but i'm not being fake like both of you are highlights of the show <laughs> <laughs> anyone who comes on they're a highlight <laughs> yeah um so in birmingham i i had i put like lube in my high pony because it makes the hair like not snag quite so much mm. um and i grabbed it as, like at the top of the number and then my hand was covered in loop and not for the first uh, it, time it, it it made the rope part a little bit hairy and you can see that in the in the tv show like there's a you can there's a moment of me like having a bit of a struggle oh. um oh god but it's it's fine it's like i think i don't know how it looks to an audience but 
I, I would imagine it probably looks like she's having a little bit of a bath with it. Well, that's not, the scary thing. Yeah, but hopefully it didn't look unsafe because that's the last thing you want when you're doing a number like that is for people to think that you're about to die. You want them to like feel safe but scared, if that makes sense. But I'm telling you, if you did fall and just crash on the ground, they'd think it was a stunt. Everyone would be just clicking and going, yes! And then you yeah, wouldn't move great. for five minutes and they'd be like, shit! Just, just twitching. <laughs> um, so you got married, um, let me get this right, was it last summer? Yeah. It couldn't have been this summer, could it? It would have been a struggle. No. Um, yeah, so how... So, but between Drag Race filming and airing. So how does... Um, your husband deal with like you becoming an international star <laughs> i think he's just kind of bemused by it all um <laughs> it's like it really doesn't impact day-to-day life at all it just means that i work a bit more than i used to and every now and then when we're out together people come up and say hi which is it's like it's such a low level of fame that it's very it doesn't really have an impact on on my life in that way if that makes sense there was a few there was there were a few weeks like when the series was actually airing that like we would go out to a club or something and it was a little bit much like that and i'd actually just kind of stopped enjoying it but for the most part it's like it's just fun well i always say that i think being a rue girl is kind of like the perfect level of fame because if ever you want to be mobbed and treated like a like pop star you can go to a gay bar and have that and if you want to be anonymous like there are probably quite a lot of places you can go where you relatively no one will recognize you so it's like exactly. you you can slip in and out like Hanny Mo- Hanny Montana <laughs> Hannah Montana <laughs> yeah. and and every now and then you get like a little pick me up of like attention and self esteem boost because someone will come up to you and be like oh my god I love you can I get a photo but for the most part it doesn't happen so yeah have you had any weirdness from fans um probably I like I, I try not to I, I try not to engage too much with people on Instagram because I think the kids are not all right like they get, a little, <laughs> they get a little intense so I'm really careful about like accepting message requests because well for a while there you couldn't put people back into like private so they could see if you'd read a message and they would just like they'll message you and then they'll start bombarding you with messages like why are you ignoring me like what's wrong what did i do like why won't you come on my podcast i've messaged you five times exactly exactly (laughs) Um, but i don't know it's just weird that people have access in that way and i guess it's like our choice to give them that access and it's a two-way street like the access that they have means that we get to work more and make more money and all that stuff but I don't really like that too much. I don't, yeah. I, I, I would prefer to have a level of disconnect from people who know me from TV. Yeah, and I think that in, it works partly to preserve your own mental state, but also I think it's good to have a bit of mystique. I think, like, celebrities kind of ruin themselves by sharing too much these days. I mean, like, I'm a huge Madonna fan, but her on Instagram, I like, I, I wish she wasn't on it because I don't want to, like... I think I think of her as a god. I don't want to like see her doing like day to day things I, all the time. I totally agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one of the reasons I say international star A is because obviously Drag Race UK is not just watched in this country; it's watched around the world. But B, you're one of the only queens who's appeared on not one but two of the franchises. I she, know. She, so tell us a little bit about your experience with Canada's Drag Race. That was so fab. I. I just reached out to the producers. I was like, hey, just, just to remind you, I'm Canadian. And um, just in case you wanted to, you know, get me on there. Did you mean and as a it, contestant? Or did you mean like what no, happened? No, no, just as, as like, a, yeah, if I could do a walk around or anything, like whatever. 
anything I could do. That's so cool you made that happen. It was it was funny timing because they they went in to start filming, I think like two weeks after our series started to air. So oh, wow. I was convinced that the queens wouldn't know who I was, um, <laughs> but they did, <laughs> thankfully, or at least they pretended well. What so and, they were watching it and then you were just there? Well, they they had had before they went in to start filming. Two two of our episodes had been out. Oh, wow. And then, and then they got sequestered. So they hadn't really seen much of, of our season. They didn't even know if you'd sense. won or not yet then. And they were meeting Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I filmed that the week that the finale aired here. So it was like a crazy time. And it was weird to be like back in in the workroom, but like in a totally different capacity and like have people be nice to you and let you keep your phone <laughs> like be allowed to wander around like I got to go into the bit behind the mirror where they film and like I watched them paint their faces for a bit like it was oh, it was wow. very, it was very <laughs> surreal visiting the set in that context but also because it was so soon after our own season so I f- kind of felt like I hadn't earned it yet oh you, you did and you looked amazing as well and it was a really fun segment as well the um yeah I, I, re- I really enjoyed doing it it was really fun um that set was so cold, though, and I'm sure, I don't know if you noticed that, but, like, it kept coming up on the series, how cold they were all the time. Um, I saw a lot crazy. of nipples, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they I were... A, <laughs> I was sat at that table, on like, with the phone and, yeah. you know, doing the, doing the crystal ball thing, and I had a hot water bottle on my lap and a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's, um, yeah, because I saw there were a lot of people wearing coats in Untucked on that season, yeah. and it's usually yeah. the opposite on... American Drag Race, everyone's always really hot and sweaty, aren't it, they? It was it was like that on our season. It was way too hot. The the bulbs that they used in the makeup mirrors, uh, I don't know, they got the bulbs wrong or something, but they were they were so hot that like the the cases of all of our makeup melted. Not just like the makeup inside, but the actual plastic cases were pooling. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, so you're trying to get ready, and you're like, this is the most important face I've ever put on in my life. Um, <laughs> Everything is liquid. <laughs> my eyeshadow is a liquid. It's running down my face. Well, I would yeah. always choose being freezing over being hot. I absolutely hate being hot. I'm such a sweaty person. But um, So I think Canada's Drag Race is more for me if I'm going to ever apply. Um, what... <laughs> Have you ever done drag? Just like uh, silly drag. Yeah. <laughs> Not like serious drag. But... Um... Yeah, I, f- I find... I, and this is why I have so much admiration for you guys. Like, I love being in drag and I love that whole uh, experience. But, I mean, it's just so uncomfortable. And if you've never done oh, it, I yeah. don't think people appreciate how, how painful it actually is. I mean, just the heels alone and the heat and the itching and the... So, to keep that up and then be fierce. Claustrophobic. God, yeah. And then... So then when you watch, like, a lip sync, sometimes it's been so long now watching the show you take for granted you're like oh why aren't they really turning it you just think god they spent all day on their feet in their uncomfortable clothes in uncomfortable heat or freezing cold and then you have to like do the splits and do this it's like it is incredible when you think about it thank you <laughs> it's always good to keep all that stuff in mind <laughs> and what we appreciate that and as a viewer how did you feel watching canada's drag race as a um canadian are you half canadian sorry i didn't uh, get this I'm, right i'm but yeah I, i'm fully Fully Canadian? I don't know. But you're also how, British. How, how, how do you... Yeah, my mum's British, but I grew up in Canada. Oh, right. Um, and I've lived here for 10 years. So I would... I, I don't know what 
percentage of anything that makes me anymore. But the I loved Canada's Drag Race. It was really fun. And I think I felt like this warm feeling towards that cast because they were like another spin-off franchise. So I, I felt like I felt like I wanted to be protective of them in the way that I wanted people to have been protective of us with the UK series. I kind of wanted to pay it forward, I guess. Oh, I, de- I mean, a lot of people made comparisons between Canada and the UK, and I don't think it's just because yes. of the spin-off. I think there were a lot of similarities in the cast and the yeah. it reminding them of the early seasons of Drag Race, like really just honest and fresh, and it was definitely cool. I, but a lot yeah. of criticism was directed towards the judging panel, especially Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Did you have many views on that? Yeah, I mean, I wrote an opinion piece for the Metro about that because I was so dismayed by how much people were going in on him and how much there was definitely like a racist undertone to it all i didn't like it i think i have met him a few times now and i think he is like a lovely sweet caring person and most of the criticisms leveled at him were saying that he was being inauthentic and my experience of him is that's actually just what he's like and it's i find it really bizarre for people who don't know someone to to criticize someone for being inauthentic because how would you know what authenticity is for that person unless you're unless you know them like i think that there was lots of judging on that show that i disagreed with and uh, i think that the way it was edited sometimes kind of stitched the judges up a bit and i don't know i just i was like it's just a it's, it's a tv show and it's entertainment and the amount of abuse that he was getting and that Brooklyn got to a degree as well was just really gross. Yeah, I think one of the things is the fandom seems to need a villain, someone to hate. And I think the cast of kind of Distract Race that no one really um, kind of took that role. Not that that should have to be a part of the series, but I feel like maybe that's why he became kind of a target for that. Um, but it's generally a problem in the whole fandom, This, and not just in Drag Race and general social media is just um the trolling the hatred all that stuff but it seems there's no easy solution to that i think people pile on just for something to do or to feel like that are it's like groupthink and i'm not even sure how much people necessarily even feel it or they're just like going along because they think it's what they're supposed to do um and that's kind of goes back to what i was saying before about like having people having too much access to us because there's just absolutely no need and if and if if it wasn't so easy to just write a little comment on someone's Instagram post, then probably a lot of that stuff would just go away. Because he had to, to delete his Twitter for a while. I don't know if he's come back. But he had all his comments turned off on Instagram. Like I know it was really really tough on him. And he told me that like it was he was getting like really racist slurs in his inbox and um, death threats and all sorts of things. Like it's it's outrageous. <laughs> it's a fucking drag reality tv show like everyone needs to calm down yeah it's crazy but i feel like it's almost encouraged by the fact that if you just make a tweet saying oh that was okay that was fine that's like nothing but then you kind of are encouraged to have an extreme opinion to everything where like you said yeah yeah, it's probably not true twitter just like you can't be half-hearted on twitter it's got to be an extreme and i think that's a shame yeah but i don't know i don't know what the answer is to that I'm hoping that pendulum swings back because I feel like a lot of people are not happy with how much negativity is generally around these days. Uh, yeah, I, and I've re- like I've stopped doing it. Like if you stop you know, trolling. Yeah, oh, well, good. like I've I, not even trolling. Like just 
I've stopped trying to, I've tried to stop putting negative opinions on the internet. For example, Dua Lipa. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. She doesn't, I don't really connect with her. Yeah, you're right. She deserves to die. I do agree. (laughs) No, joke. And like, before I had any kind of platform or before I, I had to read anything about me written by people I didn't know, I might've been like, I might've said that and it's been like, Dua Lipa's album. She's really lifeless or whatever. Like, and obviously never would have thought that she would have seen it. And probably she still wouldn't if I wrote that today. She does but listen to this might. podcast. But. <laughs> but she might, you know, and and it doesn't, there's just no, there's not really any need. Well, Taylor Swift said something that really resonated with me for, about her album Lover. She said, I want to be defined by the things I like, not the things I don't like. And it really struck a chord to me. I'm like, it's not like part of your personality. Like, oh, I hate Taylor Swift. That's part of who I am. It's like, well, that's sad that you're considering that part of who you are as something you don't like. Why don't you talk about what you do like? Um, so yeah, Very bad. I think we can all lean more that way. Um, yeah. So if if there ever was, I'm putting this into the universe to make this happen, um, an All-Stars season which had like contestants from all around the world because there are lots of franchises now, would you be up for returning? Yeah, I mean... Any TV, any form of attention, I'll take it. <laughs> any TV show, celebrity pig yeah. farm, wanking off a pig, you'll be there. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, have you? I ask um, anyone who may return to Drag Race because I'm I'm a bit of a snatch game obsessive. But who would you? Have you thought about much if you had the chance to do it again? What direction you would go in? Good question. I mean, I think whatever I did, I'd probably bomb again. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't uh, think you would. I think you have the potential to do well in Snatch Game. It's just about getting the I, right character. I wish that I had done Elizabeth Berkeley. So maybe that would be something I would revisit. Because you could kind of do her as Nomi, but you could also do her as Jesse Spano. Is uh, this the well. a woman who's in Showgirls? Because I've never seen yes. that. I need yeah, to... What, ne- what platform... It's not for lack of trying, but like it's not on any of the streaming platforms that I subscribe to, and I want to watch it because it gets referenced so much, and I don't. Just, I've never seen just, it. Just rent it on Amazon Prime or whatever. It must be. Yes, you're right. I need to just rent. It. I'm going to do that this weekend now. This has gone on you long are, enough. Okay, I'm going to send you. Um, a, you need to watch it with a friend, and I'm going to send you a list. Of, oh, you're not allowed to have friends anymore. Um, but <laughs> luckily, I didn't have any anyway, so this works out fine. <laughs> so there's a really good drinking game you can play with it, and it's like drink anytime there's lesbian tension. Drink anytime <laughs> um, someone mentions their nails. Drink anytime someone references getting pushed or falling down the stairs. Um, <laughs> Drink anytime Nomi says she's a dancer or that she's a, not a whore. Like, it's it's really, really good. Oh, my um, God, I love that. Cause the, but I, you have to go into it with, like, full preparedness for the camp because, it, yeah. You, honey, I mean, do I look like I'm scared of camp? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I actually recently watched for the first time Little Shop of Horrors and I'd never seen it before and I absolutely loved it. But it's really funny watching a film that you, you've been watching be referenced your whole life. Mm-hmm. which w- it will be the case for me with Showgirls. And I'll be watching it and I'll recognise so much of like, because Drag Race reference it all the time and it's like, it feels really funny to watch it the wrong way around. So I'm going to love that. I've, that's probably the movie I've watched the most in my life and like I could basically quote the whole thing. Oh my <laughs> God. I like, I watched it and I felt so happy, but I felt so sad. I was like, what have I been doing my whole life? Like this should have been like Rocky Horror, a film that I watched young and then have 
been and then even like two days later I watched an old episode of Drag Race and they made a joke on the runway about feed me Seymour and I was like I just that went over my head and I've just been I've probably been surrounded by this all the time and I just didn't even know and it's like why did no one make me watch this film (laughs) I actually um, I meant Showgirls but Rocky Horror uh, uh, Little Shop of Horrors is amazing as well and actually we my surname my boy surname is Seymour so we used suddenly Seymour in our wedding Oh my god, that's a, it's like your yeah. first dance, or like when you were going down the aisle. Yeah, we had, uh, my husband's in musical theatre, so he had his friends make a choir, and they did uh, they did that as a choir song while we were sing- signing the registry. This sounds like it was the gayest wedding ever, was it? It was very gay. They also did Madonna, Crazy For You. And <gasps> what was the third song? Oh god, I'm a terrible husband. So I, as I think I already mentioned, Madonna is like my religion, so like this, I should have been at this wedding. I really same. should Oh, that is a good idea for you. Um, Snatch Game. I think you could do a good Madonna. That's true, because I sound like her, because my accent's all fucked up. Well, no, like, it's a cool accent, but it's like, yeah, you could do that transatlantic twang, which is an easy way to make fun of her sometimes, if you uh, exaggerated it. And then your face, I I think think you could do an illusion quite well, I think, of Madonna. That's actually a really good idea, and I could do, I could just recreate her, um, her MDNA skin commercial. Oh yeah, is that the one with milk in? <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one where she's yeah, where she's. I think it was for Japan. There's a re- do you know do you know Nadia Ginsburg? I've heard of her. She's a comedian and she does a really great Madonna impression, and she has recreated it. And oh um, my god, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it's really it's really strong. It's really strong. I mean, um, I am Madonna's the one thing I. Tend to not have a sense of humor about like anything else. I'm oh, is up for grabs, but with Madonna, if anyone says anything bad, I tend to, the the stan in me comes out. But that does sound funny. But she's, but... So, she's so ridiculous. Like you just you kind of ha- you do have to laugh. She takes herself so seriously, um, <laughs> which, which is which is is what you need in a pop star. Like no one wants Lady Gaga to 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 suddenly break that wall, but also it does make you easy to make fun of. Oh yeah, you have to earn it. It's like when people criticise Mariah Carey, I'm like, well, yeah, you. W- when you're Mariah Carey, you can be like that. You can't just start off like that. You kind of have to. Um, but then it's like you want them to be. Um, I'm surprised no one's ever done Madonna for Snatch Game. I know Manila did it on All Stars 1, but it was like a, dif- a different spin on Snatch Game. It was like a gaffing. Yeah, what did they do? I don't uh, remember. They did uh, the gaffing, which was like a parody of the laughing, but it didn't work, and it's like considered one of the worst episodes ever. So I think that one kind of got lost um so i was saying to davina de camper that i was hoping there would be a reunion for drag race uk even though it's been a year but i still feel like there's so much unsaid from your season do you not think it'd be just like great tv just to have it even now yeah any chance to get me on tv would be great tv so (laughs) you you don't need to convince me are you still friends with everyone yeah uh, yeah, we're still all in our little WhatsApp group. I, I spoke to Cheryl yesterday. I spoke to Davina earlier this week. Saw Blue last week because we did a thing for BBC together. So, yes, we're all still friends. Like, well, not all of you. Uh, what do you make of the Davina versus the Vivian feud thing? I think that's old news now, too, you know. I think they're over it. I think it's still going on. We have our interview with Davina coming out Monday, and it sounds like they're still not fully friends. Oh. <laughs> Um, I make of it that they both have justifiably high opinions of themselves and, um, are sensitive to feeling criticized by the other person. 
Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Um, but in reality, they're both just overrated, so. <laughs> There's you putting more positivity into the world. Yeah. Um, so what else have you got coming up? Have you got any gigs? Or I think I know you've got the yeah. uh, Christmas drag roast. Yeah, uh, there's quite a few bits, actually. So December is looking nice and busy. Um, I'm doing another run of shows at Bethel Green Working Men's Club. We've got... I'm coming, days. I'm coming. Is Are this, you? Do is you it, have tickets? No, is it already sold out? No, but it's getting there. Right, I'm going to do it right after this. Friday and Saturday nights are getting sold out. So, yeah, that should be really, really fun. Hopefully we're going to be allowed to, to do that at that point. What um, is the curfew going to be? Do we know yet? We don't know yet, do we? We don't, we don't know. know anything. I'm really hoping we go back to Tier 2 so we can have, like, a... 10 p.m. curfew and like keep our capacity the same but who knows maybe maybe it won't happen i find it um, really hard to end a night at 10 p.m though um, i know it's it's depressing i need a few more hours i really do no <laughs> no it's not the same but we will take whatever dregs we can get definitely and i can't wait to come there i've been there before but i've never seen you there do you um do your like, aerial show or anything or is it what are you doing there there will be aerial i don't know if i'm going to do any aerial but we've got like there's seven performers so it's like a variety show but there's uh it's kind of like a a fringe show i don't know there's there's group numbers it's like a slick drag show a drag hmm. show with some thought put into it Oh, amazing. Well, I can't wait to see that. And some production values. Um, and then I've also got a, a podcast coming out. I've what? I've finished recording. Yes, I know. Well, taking up your... Taking the space up. It's the last thing we need. Go on, tell us about it. What is it like? <laughs> so it's called The Things That Made Me Queer, and it's with World of Wonder. And uh, I am interviewing a variety of uh, celebrity guests about the things that kind of shaped their queer identity. So I, I, can, I can see you hinting, and um, yes, I will come on. So just send me, <laughs> send me the dates. And... Well, tell me, babes, what, what are some of the things that made you queer? What's like an early memory you've got? You're like, I want to be that person, or I, or I want to have sex with that person. So I have two notable ones. The first one is, um, I've told it on the podcast before, but I knew at a very young age, I think I was about eight, I used to imagine take that coming into my bedroom one by one, uh, ap- apart from Jason and they would all kiss me on the forehead goodnight and took me in so it wasn't sexual but I, it was young enough to know it wasn't normal and then the other one is very um, cliche I think a lot of men how old are you? I am 36 so I think I'm 33 I think a lot of people our age have this same one gay men which is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman it, yes. it's like I saw that and I knew it left such a strong impact on me. I wanted to be her so badly. I asked for black pajamas for Christmas so that I could kind of try and make them into a cat suit. And then I took the black robe thing off the dressing gown of my dad's and used it as a whip and would just whip my brothers and I would just, and just quote the film. And I was just like, so I would say Catwoman and take that. <laughs> it made, t- made me this. <laughs> yeah, like, so Catwoman did come up as, as someone's thing on one of my episodes so yeah you're not wrong she is a she is an icon um, she's so beautiful yes. michelle pfeiffer she's crazy know, beautiful so um, oh, that podcast sounds amazing i'll definitely be tuning into that and as long as you're not recapping drag race either in december or early january and um, it should be good i've got i've i interviewed shay Coulee and detox and uh m and ek and J.D. Sampson from one of my favourite bands, La Tigra. And, um, yeah, it's a really nice lineup of guests. Oh, my God. Well, you have an amazing podcast voice. It's so, like, calming. 
and and <laughs> and easy to hear what you're saying. You're good. <laughs> that's my I try. that's my expert podcast review. Um, but thank you so much for coming on this podcast, Crystal. It only took it's a year, but it was worth the wait. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I had a really nice chat with you, babes. Oh, thank you. And I will definitely see you soon at the Working Men's Club, Bethnal Green Can't Working wait. Men's Club. So enjoy your weekend. Lots of love. You too, babes. Bye. Bye.